I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to r slash I don't work here, lady. We're in today's episode. OP, who's not a regular employee for a company, takes down a shady Karen. He has her thrown in jail. Guys, strap yourselves in today because this is a wild ride. I hope you enjoy the stories and don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Oh, and if you want to submit your own stories or link me to your Reddit post, Steve-O's going to throw up an email. Thank you for your time. (laughs) Okay, guys, we're diving in. I'm a 20-year-old girl, and I was grooming my horse Clyde yesterday when a woman comes up to me tugging along a kid around 6 or 7. Now for context, the stable hands and trainers don't need to wear specific clothes, although they usually wear the stable shirts to be more recognizable towards new people. I was wearing some tan breeches and a red polo, nothing really special, but I tended to get confused as staff pretty often, which I do understand. Now, the Karen was wearing way too expensive looking clothes to be at a barn, but I assumed she was just gonna drop off the kid and come back at the end of the lesson. As I saw her direct her attention towards me, I prepared my whole speech about how I didn't work there and where I could direct you to. Before I could even get a word out, she launched into a tirade about how terrible the service was and how she spent hours trying to find someone to help her. Now, I doubt it was more than five minutes because the stable's not that big. I began saying, oh, I don't, before being cut off by her screaming in my face to let her kid ride my horse. Now, I tried to calmly explain that no, her kid can't ride my horse, and no, she cannot let her ride any other horses in the barn. No matter what I said, I could not convince her that I didn't work there, and she couldn't just let her daughter ride. Now Clyde is not fully trained, as I recently just got him, and he's still very young and inexperienced. I wouldn't even let a kid groom him, as he tends to nip at people. The kid proceeds to try to duck past me and try to pet his nose. I grabbed the kid's shoulder and gently pushed her back, genuinely worried about my horse biting her. Now at this, Karen gasps and screams, What are you doing? My daughter has every right to touch that horse. Don't you dare push my kid. I'll have you fired. Now that made me blow my gasket. I said, your daughter is not going to touch my horse. He is not suitable with kids and could injure your daughter. And I don't work here. Leave me alone. I really wanted to punch that Karen straight in the face. At this point, my horse was starting to freak out. And I turned to lead him back to a stall and to calm him and myself. Some barn staff came running over, trying to assess what's happening. The woman kept screaming at me, but I just couldn't deal with her anymore and walked away. My friend who worked there told me that they had to threaten to call the cops to get her to leave because she kept demanding to have her child ride every single horse she saw. She's also banned from the stable now, so happy ending, at least. I love these comments right here. Why would you just randomly approach an animal that's many times larger than you without being very careful about it? And this person responds, because if the animal doesn't behave... Karen's gonna demand to see the manager and get the animal fired. But honestly though, I've seen videos of people going to pet horses and spooking them, and getting a swift kick to the face, and Karen's so lucky that didn't happen to her daughter. So this story happened several years ago. I was the nighttime change nurse at the ICU. I had just finished a 12-hour shift at my hospital that turned into a 14-hour shift because of a rapid response right before shift change. 
The patient responded well. I was exhausted and had to return for a fourth shift in nine hours. Now, all I wanted were some items to drop in the slow cooker, so I'd have something to eat when I got up tonight. I stopped at the well-known big box store that sells groceries, clothes, electronics, the works. Now, my attire is royal blue scrubs. I also have a name badge with a big RN under it and forgot to take my stethoscope off, so it's hanging around my neck. The employees here, well... They don't. So as I'm walking towards the store, I see an elderly couple struggling to load a large box into their SUV, parked at the front of the store. And I mean, they're old. They look 90 years old, shaky hands, teetering around with limited mobility. The kind I see with a med list three pages long. And there's no way his hips are going to take the weight without snapping. And I've worked enough tonight. So I approach quickly and address the female half of the couple, offering to help. I was gladly accepted and got her TV loaded with very little difficulty. It was more cumbersome than heavy. Now, I'm chatting with a woman who's explaining that it's a gift for her son and that her husband didn't want to wait for help. And that's when it happened. Karen sees me. She says, Hey, hey you. Startled, we stop the conversation and we look over. It's a lady in her 50s, dressed in a cheap-looking beige pantsuit with a get-your-manager hairstyle, standing about 15 feet away with a hand on her overly broad hip. Karen then says, If you're about done, I need help here. Now, she then points to her cart with two boxes of bookshelves, and I realize she thinks I work here. I said, Oh, sorry, I don't... Now with that, she interrupts and says, You are making me late. Just get it done, and don't scratch my paint up. The elderly lady and I exchange looks of disbelief, and I try again saying, But I don't work. Just get it done. Karen then steps away from her cart to grab her purse, grumbling about effing idiots, and she's digging for her keys, when the cart rolls further away and one wheel goes off the curb. The entire uneven load causes the cart to topple over. So at this, I instinctively jump forward, to try to prevent everything from falling. I was unsuccessful. Karen turns to see her particle board bookshelves spilled on the cement. The corners of the boxes were crushed and one has torn open with a few pieces and packaging now exposed, and she completely loses her mind and rages. Karen says, What the F, you moron? Pick them up. I'm gonna have you fired. You owe me new bookshelves, and I'm late. Now at this point, I'm done, and I said, Hey, pick them up yourself. I don't work here. I then turn to go inside when I feel her grab my sleeve and try to yank me around. I jerk my sleeve out of the grip and turn to face her now violently red face. She then opens her mouth to start screaming again, but I put my finger in her face and say, No, don't touch me. Shut the heck up. I do not work here. And even if I did, I would quit before I help you. Now at this point, the Karen stands there speechless. Her mouth was open and she was spluttering in shock that I've dared raise my voice at her. And that's when the manager and the employee come out. As soon as she sees the manager, she finds her voice and says, Are you the manager? This man has damaged my bookshelf and he's refusing to pay for them. I just stand there in shock. Seriously? Having realized that a man in bright blue scrubs with a stethoscope and a big RN badge really doesn't work here, instead of apologizing, she chooses to double down on the craziness and now accuses me of breaking her stuff. Before I can voice my denial, the elderly gentleman I'd helped earlier steps in and explains the situation to the manager. The Karen is still voicing complaints, but the manager realizes the real situation, and he apologizes to me and the couple. I'm still standing by watching angrily as the manager deals with the woman and inspects the bookshelves. They're not damaged. He then offers her two brand new bookshelves, but she's now done with the whole situation. She says no, she's already late because of me. 
She then glares over at me and says to the manager, Just load them. I'm already late enough because of this. The manager and the employee then lift the boxes up and get them wedged into the lady's car. As I shake my head and go to enter the store, I'm stopped by the woman that I'd helped earlier. She says, Sir, thank you so much for helping us with the TV. I'm so sorry some people are so rude. She then reaches for my hand to shake. And then she folds both her fragile hands around mine, and I can feel something in her palm that she's giving me. The lady then whispers to me, Don't look yet. Wait till she leaves. I slide the package into my scrub pocket, and the lady walks away. Karen then gets in her car without apologizing or thanking anybody, and she peels out and drives away. I finally enter the store to grab my food items, and when I reach into my pockets, I pull out a plastic bag with a bunch of screws and hardware. I realize immediately that the sweet old lady took advantage of the commotion to steal the hardware out of Karen's ripped box. Now, I couldn't believe it. I had the biggest smile on my face as I did my shopping. And now I have a new petty revenge hero to idolize. Oh, that sweet, sweet old lady. Guys, I couldn't help but laugh out loud when I read that she gave Opie a bag of screws from Karen's bookshelf. Like, you know Karen's gonna come back with a hundred times rage. And I already feel bad for the customer service employee and the manager who's gonna have to deal with her. Okay, so many years ago, when my knee still worked and there was more hair on my head than on my chin, I had a very cool job. I worked as a hatchet man. Now, sadly, that doesn't mean I worked for the mafia hitting people with axes. I worked for a small company that was employed by large companies that needed to downsize, but wanted all of the anger from that downsizing aimed to outside corporate management. Good so far? Okay. My bosses gave us a lot of leeway on how we researched the companies that we were sent to, and we developed our own style. Mine was to get a large company to bring me in as a new minion, in whatever department was having the most issues. I would then spend four to six weeks doing minion work, listening to folk gripe and seeing where the changes needed to be made you also get a real look at the true character of management. A lot of the worst are very different when they're talking to a superior and a junior. One company stands out to me, and I wanted to share a magical moment of the purest joy with you all. So I was brought onto the shipping floor of a large warehouse. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. On day one, there I am, in store brand jeans and a t-shirt, and the floor supervisor hands me a manual that I could have used to beat down a badger lord in full plate armor. Now this thing was insane. I looked my confusion at the super, and he explained that that was indeed the operating manual for putting toys in boxes, and then sticking an address label on the side. The first week would have been pure torture if that was my actual job. 
Everything was insanely overcomplicated, which led to incorrect orders being sent out, and staff were actually getting wage penalties for low accuracy. Anyway, a little chatting with my coworkers at lunch, and I find out that the new warehouse manager was some sort of relation of the owners, who had a degree from some fancy business school, and had been brought in almost a year back, fresh out of university and given this position. Now, power had gone to her head, and her total lack of any kind of experience had quickly left her in the gutter. Realizing she was neck deep and sinking fast, she panicked. She drove out the veteran management that could have helped her and just flailed wildly. She often wandered out to the warehouse, to nitpick over details that didn't matter, to scream at employees, and she never wore high visibility clothing, which is a red flag. Now don't get me wrong, the business had other issues and this wasn't going to be a quick fix, but I'd pretty much identified problem number one. So four weeks in, I'd identified where they were losing money shipping. Their shipper was absolutely screwing them on prices through a loophole in the contract, and a couple of other minor issues, and I was ready to take the gloves off and really get stuck in. Now, bear in mind that for the last four weeks, this lady has seen me six days a week wearing scuff steelies and my own brand clothing. She blew up at me a couple of times, for reminding her that a high visibility vest was required, but I hadn't made a huge impression. So on Monday morning, I walk in at 9am start of office hours, and she blew up. Now, she tore into me about being three hours late for my shift, and that she could fire and replace me like that, yada yada yada, as she loved to threat. Then, she started to run down as she noticed a few details. Like, my normally messed up hair was perfectly styled. I was clean shaven and not scraggly. I was also wearing a $1,500 designer suit and hand-stitched Italian shoes. I then said to her, good morning. I'm from Catchem, Gutem, and Laugh, and here's my business card. Her face now looked like weak old porridge. Office rumors had been rife as word had leaked that my company was coming in. And it was this moment that even all these years later still brings a warm, happy feeling to the cockles of my dark and crusty heart. I said, young lady, I don't work here. I don't work for you. And unless you absolutely impress me over the next couple of weeks, you won't work here either. The rest of the office were staring, in a mix of shock and glee, as I led her to her office, sat in her chair, and took out a large pad from my briefcase. So it turns out that she wasn't a bad kid. She was just scared, and she was way over her head. Once she realized that I didn't have an axe to grind, and not only could help her, but would, she was actually kind of sweet. I worked with her to fix her insane rules and her crappy behavior, and we got rid of a couple of genuinely toxic folk and basically turned the place around. Now I swear, the best bit about that job was watching the faces of the toxic employees, bullies, and lazy idiots as they walked into the office and realized that the new guy they'd been dicks to was the guy deciding their fate. I loved it. So that sounds like such an awesome job. OP just comes into the workplace as an undercover boss. Except, instead of rewarding the good employees and treating them to vacations and paying for education so they can advance their careers, he just gets rid of the worst employees. Which is equally as satisfying. Okay guys, so the next story, OP tells a tale where he goes undercover and totally destroys an employee's career and her life. Okay, so on this assignment, I was to go to the call center of a paper and printing company to try to find out why a company that was supposed to be successful wasn't performing. The employee turnover was high, and morale was in the crapper. I rocked up Monday morning, wearing an off-the-shelf cotton shirt, power tie, and trousers that were a little too short. The general air of defeat, of a man whose life has very much not gone to plan. In short, a bad office manager's wet dream. A pre-beaten employee. 
It was then a chipper thing took me off for my introduction, saying things like, don't touch anyone's bottom, no stabbing the management, and you can cry on your own time. And then I was dropped off with my trainer to start shadowing them. Now, for someone in my line of work, shadow days are some of the most valuable because I'm being told to watch, ask questions, and no one suspects anything, so they just answer anything without thinking. The order system was pretty much idiot-proof. The phone calls were scripted by section, but there was something soul-sucking about the office. It was weird. And then scuttles in Margaret. Now, that was obviously not her real name, but I'm pretty bored of Karen. Now, she had a face, like she could at all times smell something awful. She also had a terrible 80s perm, and despite plain, sturdy office wear, she always wore an exceptionally ugly cardigan over her clothes. She seemed to have an infinite supply of knitwear in eye-gouging combinations of orange, brown, and mustard yellow. Now, some of you may be thinking that the villain has arrived. Spoilers, sweetie. Now, as soon as she scurried in, and she did scurry, what little energy there was in the room went. It was just gone. Most people just huddled over their phones, but two middle-aged women scurried over to Margaret, obviously copying her movements, and they all went into an office marked Office Manager. Now this pretty much set the tone for the time that I was in this office. Margaret and her posse would sit in her office and gossip and backstab, while everybody else was expected to carry the full load of the office. Margaret's little friends also got the choice of shifts, and anyone who so much as looked like showing any spine magically found themselves working splits, nights, and weekends. Now at first, I was baffled. How can she possibly be getting away with this? Well, it was three things. Number one, she wrote performance evals for all of her staff, and because she'd been in the office since it opened, HR just rubber-stamped any termination she sent down. Number two, she managed to create a supervisor but not supervisor roles for her friends, so she could justify them always getting the plum shifts, or any time off they wanted, because they were, quote, needed. Number three, she wrote the schedule and she approved holiday, and no one dared to cross her if they ever wanted to see their kids again. Now, Margaret had a pretty sweet little setup. It was a shame that she wasn't as clever as she thought she was. I was getting paper for the printers one morning when I saw one of the girls signing for a small delivery that the UPS driver brought up. And then she just shoves the boxes into a corner, staples the manifesto on top, and wanders off. Once she was out of sight, I go over for a quick look. This manifesto was huge, easily three times as large as could possibly fit in the boxes. Now a thing about Margaret is that she didn't work weekends. I did. This was Thursday, so I had to work fast. I then called my boss, and he had one of our team flown to where the office supplies were coming from, where he was going to be meeting a forensic accountant and some officers of the law. A second forensic accountant met me Friday night after Margaret had gone home. The setup was actually kind of brilliant. So here's the story. Margaret had befriended a lady who worked in shipping at a second company. She would then place an order, and then call her friend and fax through a cancellation. Now this was a team effort. Margaret would put an order for, let's say, 900 bucks of stationery. Margaret's friend would then tell her company that most of the order was cancelled, and then send $300 of merchandise and 600 bucks to Margaret, but make sure that Margaret got a copy of the invoice for $900 for her records. And because Margaret was a micromanaging woman, she'd been getting away with it for years. So Monday morning swings around. Margaret scurries in, and the secretary tells her that the boss wants to see her before she starts the day to discuss promotions and raises in her department. Margaret walks into the big boss's office, and she sits down. I then walk into the big office, and I'm in my armor. Tailored Henry pool suit, tailored shirt, silk tie. I looked good. 
To be honest though, I don't even think she noticed. She was kind of distracted by the police officers who followed me into the room. The officers laid it all out very carefully for the boss, and the accountant gave a very summarized version of what he had. Margaret was then fired. She was cuffed and let out of the building past all the people she used to bully and abuse. Now, each order wasn't huge, but it had gone on for long enough that the charges meant that she wasn't gonna go up in front of a judge tomorrow morning. It did take me quite longer than usual to get that company retrained and on track. Still, by the time I left, a new office manager had been brought in, the shifts were fixed, and HR was down a dinosaur and up a new recruit, and Margaret was still in jail. Now, it had been months, and they hadn't even gotten to her trial yet. She tried to run someone else's business like her own playground, and she lost her job, her house, her car, and her freedom. Margaret's little posse was given a second chance, but after years of getting paid more than anyone else to do nothing, they just couldn't do full days at work anymore. Two of them quit, and a third was let go, after she had a screaming tantrum because we actually made her do her job. My friends, what a wild story, and Opie totally destroyed Margaret. Some people do let positions of power go to their head, and I hope Margaret enjoys her time in prison, guys. I wonder how long a prison sentence for that would be. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash I don't work here, lady. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today because I sure as heck did. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. A Karen rages when OP doesn't pay for her dinner, as he's very, very rich. Guys, if you haven't heard it, go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Steve will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.